Hello everyone and welcome to Argo Trading Concepts by Quantum State. I'm your host Garima Tandon and this is a very special day as it's our very first episodes of the series and I'm really excited to start the show. We have Varun Devakar with us who heads the Quantra Research and Development team at Quantum State. Welcome Varun. Hi Garima. But before I pass it on to Varun, I will quickly give you an overview of the episode and, and what are we going to be talking about. We would be talking a lot about deep learning and its impact on trading world. So let's just get the show started and over to you Varun. Okay, before, before we start, I'd like to just give you some quick intro about myself. So uh, I started trading long back, around 12 years. So at that time I was a software developer. So I moved from that field to trading and I was a trader for at least 8 years. Trading all the products, mostly commodities, especially commodities. And I traded energy to be precise. And after that I moved on to technical aspects of trading like algorithmic trading, designing models, backtesting them and deploying them. Then after that I moved hardcore research where we are focusing mainly on building robust models and deploying it and teaching it and training people and you know the covering the entire aspects of algorithmic trading well thank you Aaron, for that quick introduction as i could see that you have a quite a vast experience in trading and it's been quite a few years that you've been doing it and as we discussed earlier that we'll be talking about deep learning and neural networks so before getting into the heavy dosage of it, let's just understand the basic of where it all starts. Like how does the deep learning begins? So if you could just explain that. A bit. So uh, the basics of neural network starts long back. Actually the basic of a neural network is a perceptron. But before we go into that, we have to understand what a neural network is. So a neural network is basically an imitation of what happens in your brain. So your brain has a lot of neurons and each neuron basically functions by taking input from other neurons or from other cells and then processing it and generating some kind of signal back to some other neuron. So this is the entire process where a neuron receives an input, processes it and gives it out. And we imitate the same uh, you know, feature by developing an artificial neural network or an ANN and an ANN what it does is it basically takes input, process it, gives a signal out and again that can be used in many ways. So as you were asked what is a simple neural network, a neural network is like a singular neuron in your brain which takes input and gives you some kind of output and it's not very complex, it's very simple. So in terms of deep learning, if at all it works, why, why do you think it works? A neural network works basically because it has the ability to take the feedback and we call this in terms of jargon if we go into the jargon it's like back propagation where you make a mistake like let us say that you are running uh, trying to ride a bicycle you fall off from the bicycle but you figure out how to balance it so you learn by falling down and you rectify that mistake and ultimately you learn how to balance yourself. So a neural network typically learns the same way by taking the feedback from its own mistakes and miscalculations and misclassifications. So this ability makes it more robust and uh, 
as you have asked how uh, why a deep learning model is that good or what makes it so good so what makes it so good is its ability to not uh, you know take any kind of features or some kind of spoon feeding as you can say it can learn on its own so when uh, you train a human being you say a human being is very adept at something when they learn everything from scratch on their own right correct so if you see the same thing a machine is do- capable of doing then you can say the same thing about the machine like it very robust and etc so uh, when we talk about machine learning and different different models that have come up before neural networks what they essentially do is they take parameters which are created by humans again so it's kind of like spoon feeding so we tell okay you look at these these things and tell us whether this will happen or not but a deep learning model does not need that what it does is it just takes uh, a raw input without processing it and like uh, tries to understand and generate signals so as you mentioned varun uh, about machine learning what if you can just elaborate that or what does that imply uh, so what machine learning essentially means is uh, i'll explain it with an example uh, let us say you have a data that consists of different flaps so it's a very famous example in machine learning so you have three sets of flaps and they all belong to different uh, they look different their sizes are different their width is different their petal sizes are different we have all the statistics for all the three different sets of flaps so looking at these statistics if i say that my flower has these statistics which category will it belong to if i am able to do that kind of a distinction looking at these sad statistics of a particular flower then it basically becomes a machine learning problem so what a deep learning problem is you look at the flower's picture and guess what it is rather than look at the statistics so the statistics are basically derived by the deep learning model you are not giving it this uh, sepal length petal length this and that it just tries to understand those features directly by just looking at the photo that is it now in what all things can neural network be used for if you can just give us one or two examples in terms of how it can be used or where it can be used so neural networks are extensively used in many fields so whenever you hear someone say that uh, you know a new model has defeated some go algo champion or some other champion so what they are essentially referring to is some kind of deep learning model that has understood how to play the game and it has beaten the guy of who was a human world champion chess champion or something so that is one thing where you teach the model the rules of the game so once it understands the rules of the game it will beat any so that is the beauty of deep learning the other way of using deep learning is you can uh, probably use it in uh, time series prediction which we use extensively in financial data and understanding the trend of the market understanding uh, what kind of volatility we will be experiencing in some x amount of time so these kind of things you can easily predict using deep learning models so uh, again the advantage of deep learning is you don't have to teach the model anything but you have to build the architecture that is what is the most so varun as you mentioned that there are certain algorithms that can eventually beat humans at their own game i mean what what are they if you, are, are there any specific models that that are that can do that magic uh, the models that actually learn the game rules and beat humans they are known as 
deep reinforcement modules and right now that is an extensive research area and there are many new models coming up every day so what these models actually do is they try to define a state and an action phase in the sense let us say the environment around you is in certain so and so condition then what should be the best action that you can take to optimize a certain area so that is what we try to gauge or that is why try to teach the model and to teach the model in this case what we do is we run many simulations in different scenarios like before actually the model is built the those models which you are talking about which have beaten humans at their own games they have done many number of simulations by competing one model against the other so uh, so models can keep playing endlessly they don't need some kind of human input they compete against each other so they keep improving gradually and at at a certain point of time they explored those possible scenarios which probably humans never have actually explored so uh, this is what actually happened in the game with uh, you know humans playing different games like a counter strike and something else uh, the algorithm or the model which was trained it started acting in a way very different to how humans normally play and it was able to beat the human players that was something that actually got on to me when you mentioned counter strike I always wondered how those AIs used to win because we really tried hard to win that one. So now, uh, coming back to our topic, like if I want to be those people, how do I start learning? Like how do I start deep learning? To learn deep learning, you need to learn the language in which you want to code. So for learning deep learning, currently the top three languages are Python, R, and Java. I guess. So if you learn one of these three, then you should be good to go. You will be able to code it. But to code a deep learning model, you need to have some kind of proficiency in not just Python per se, but you need to have an understanding of machine learning and how and actually how these models are backed by mathematics and the mathematics behind them. So speaking of mathematics, you will need certain degree of calculus proficiency in calculus like. We need to understand what a gradient is, differentiation and integration, those kind of things. Very basic, it's not too complicated, but you at least you should know them. When you need to program a certain neuron and teach it how to learn using back propagation, then you need to know what a gradient is. So knowing these will definitely help you uh, build your own neural network model. But if you are interested in learning it very fast, there are many libraries which are readily available for you like KRS, TensorFlow, where people have already coded the necessary architecture or layers or neurons required to build models and the kind of cross-validation you want to do and all the problems probably you would encounter while creating a model. So these have been coded but to understand those codes again you need to understand both math and Python. To add on to that I think uh, we have a couple of courses on Quantra which are free and which are something which anyone can go through like uh, introduction to machine learning is a course which is free on Quantra so if you learn that you will get a basic understanding of machine learning and how it works and uh, that will help you in going forward and picking up probably more advanced learning courses which teach how actually deep learning is done and if you want to start with very basic coding and basic deep learning understanding you can probably go through Dr. Andrew Ng's course on deep learning on his website so that is one of the best probably currently 
available for everyone. So Varun, this course that you mentioned, Introduction to Machine Learning on Quantra, so say for example, someone like me who has no uh, background of coding or uh, languages, is is it possible for someone like me to go out, go, go on the website or and learn basically introduction to machine learning? Is it possible? Yeah, it's definitely possible uh, because the course is not specific to Python. Most of the concepts are covered in such a way that uh, you will be able to understand what machine learning is. You will have a pretty good understanding of machine learning by the end of the course. But yes, we have covered a simple strategy in Python to make people who are slightly advanced or you can say intermediate level of understanding on machine learning and Python, they can get their hands, hands-on experience in this course. Now having understood all this, that why languages are important, what is deep learning, what is neural networks, what is machine learning, I used to lose to, lose to these AIs in Counter-Strike. But having said all this, why is it that deep learning is so important in today's world? Like, why do we need it? Why is deep learning important? That's a very good question. So, uh, if you see how uh, you know machines have advanced, right, from very basic printing machine, that is how it started. So, the basic physical jobs were taken over by the machines initially, then heavy lifting tasks, and probably now we are machines are applied almost everywhere to do any kind of heavy work, right? So deep learning is the beginning where machines are taking over the intelligent tasks. They have started with identifying flowers from fruits and cats from dogs and stuff, which is probably a three-year-old, four-year-old human can do. But gradually they will evolve to a point. Right now we already have models which are capable of driving the cars, right? So we have approached a point where machines are taking over small, uh, lesser complex works and more complex works are left to the humans. But eventually we'll get to a point where machines will take over the more complex tasks. So machines are basically, you can say, they are pushing us to do more and more complex tasks. So uh, deep learning is very important. If you want to be a part of that evolutionary chain, then you need to know what deep learning is. Now coming to the most crucial part of all this, how long will it take to learn deep learning? Because I need to know how much time I'm going to spend learning all of this that you just explained. So to answer that, I need to know how much you actually already know. So if you don't know anything, you are probably starting from scratch where you need to understand the language, some language like Python or Java. And once you learn it to a certain extent, like intermediate level at least, then you move on and learn some mathematical concepts. Assuming you already remember calculus. If you don't remember calculus, then go back and brush it up and then you come back and now you are ready for learning deep learning. So once you reach that point then probably it will take three to four months but if you are starting from scratch then it will at least take you six months. Keeping everything in mind that's decent enough time for me to learn uh, deep learning I guess and for our users as well. So now coming to our next question that would be can we use deep learning in finance? So to answer that question, we need to understand what problem you are trying to solve in finance and is deep learning suitable for solving that problem, right? So these are the two things you need to evaluate. First thing is what problem you want to solve. Let us say you want to understand uh, tomorrow's market's trend, whether it will go up or down or something like that. Then 
what model will you employ so the deep learning models like most machine learning models can be divided largely into supervised and unsupervised but you still have semi supervised as well and coming to the supervised part there are two segregation again regressor and classifier so what a regressor does is we get some kind of an integer or a real number output so for example if you want to predict uh, tomorrow's volatility what kind of range you will experience tomorrow the market will move in what what range 100 points 200 points that would be a regression a regression problem so if you want to just know the direction of the movement whether it will go up or down that would become a classification problem so using the right model for the right problem is one thing and then creating the model from scratch is the next problem so when you want to use a regressor or a classifier for that matter that data that we take in financial models is mostly open high low close type of data oiglc data so uh, using that data we can try to an extent uh, make the deep learning model predicted but the ability of the model to predict longer in the future is reducing basically put it in simple words if i create a model to predict let us say the next one day's trend based on the past 100 days data it will have a certain degree of accuracy let us say 55% if i use the same model or a similar model to predict for the next two days or after two days what will be the trend the accuracy will slightly reduce so the more you go into the future the models ability to predict will keep decreasing so the best or probably a proven way there are many research papers to indicate this the tick data that we get in financial industry where everything that happens in the market so to define a tick again tick is basically a singular event that happens whether you place an order or remove an order or an order gets traded or someone's stop loss gets triggered all these are events and every event is basically a tick which will be recorded by the exchange so you have lot of tick data lot of things happening in the market at a given point you take that data right and you send that data as input to the machine learning model so not the machine, i mean deep learning model and this deep learning model it will try to predict on the basis of tick so again what comes is what will happen if the if you take a tick data tick data will not be for a long term it you should be probably looking at some 1 minute or 2 minutes tick data that will be sufficient there will be huge amount of data and looking at that data you should be predicting like 1 second 2 seconds or 5 seconds tick okay so if you are looking at that kind of time frame then yes you can build very good models and uh, tick data essentially if you see the bounce that happens between bid and ask is largely predictable to an extent it is predictable given the volumes that are getting traded so that problem can be solved using deep learning so uh, well let's just say that uh, we've already it's already been 6 7 months and i've learned everything there was uh, i had to to develop a model and now i've built one but it's not working so what i'm stuck what do i do how do i improve it or how, what what trouble what what should i do basically help me out here okay so when the model does not perform as you are expecting it to so there are certain ways where you can ensure what is actually 
wrong with the model. So you need to diagnose the model. So to diagnose the model, you need to understand what can go wrong. Let us say if your car broke down, there are a couple of things you'll check. First thing you'll check the tires, right? The second thing you'll check will be the has the motor overheated. Okay, so let us say that your car broke down, and what do you do? You first check the tires, right? Then you probably check the motor if it is overheated, and then probably you want to go into the deeper inner working of the engine and everything else. For that, you will need a mechanic. So, for the basic part, by just by looking at the tires and motor, these things you can do only. So, uh, for deep learning model also, you can do some basic things on your own. The first thing is understand whether the model you have built has been cross-validated or not. So the cross-validation is a process where we use uh, a trained data on which the model has actually learned what to do, right? And there is another holdout set which has not been a part of the trained data. So when you have this holdout set or the cross-validation set, you check whether the model is working on the cross-validation set, right? And similarly, <coughs> uh, the cross-validation works in, in a way like uh, there is a method called K-file So what it does is it breaks the train data into K different parts and checks the model's performance by taking, uh, holding out one part separately and training it on the rest of it. So by doing this, what uh, we'll be able to get the best possible model which has the highest score. So what is the score? How do you actually measure it? So what we do is there is there are loss functions. So what is a loss function? So loss function is basically you can say it's a representation of a model's performance on the train data. So let us say that there are two models, each of them have the same accuracy, but their loss may, may be different. That is uh, let us say that one model predicts that tomorrow the market is going to go up, right? And the other model, model B, let us say, it is also predicting that the market will go up. But the probability of going up given by model A is much higher than model B, right? And the market actually does go up. So you can say that model A was able to predict with a greater accuracy. So model A should have uh, a lesser loss or, you know, loss is basically uh, the difference between what you actually predicted and what has actually materialized. So, if the loss is more, that means your model is not doing a good job. If the loss gets lesser and lesser, your model is doing a good job. So, if this, if you understand how this loss is working on the train data where you are training the model and the cross validation data, if it is similar on both of them, then you can probably say that the model has learned equally on same and unseen data. If it is working well on both of them, then you can expect the same performance that you are seeing on the training data, right? So if you throw the model out, it will probably give you the same result. Out in the sense, you put the model out for testing or uh, directly deployment, deploying it and trading something. So if you do that, then you have a very good chance of expecting the same results that are there in the training set. So this is one method where you can probably, you know, engineer a better model. You test your model and you can diagnose what is wrong with it. So what is wrong with it is a generic term, but generally what can go wrong in deep learning models is 
one is explosion of gradient and the other is vanishing of gradient so what happens when you have a very deep model what happens is uh, the gradient gets backwarded in the sense your model predicts something which is not matching with the actual predicted outcome the actual outcome the predicted outcome and actual outcome are not matching so the difference needs to be back propagated to the model right so the model needs to understand that it has made some mistake and it needs to adjust the weights the weights that are each neuron has each neuron has certain weight attached to it so whatever prediction that neuron makes it gets multiplied that by that weight that is how a deep learning model actually works so these weights needs to be adjusted every time the model makes a prediction and the model makes a bad prediction then the difference or the loss needs to be propagated back so uh, so you need to understand whether this gradient that is being back propagated is it reducing to zero if it is reducing to zero then your model will not be able to predict anything it will just give a plus one or a minus one for everything if it is a classifier and if it is a regressor it will just print out the same number for all the predictions so and if it is exploding then what uh, it will do is it will just it's almost like a random walk it will just throw out any number it can throw out any number it will uh, try it will overlap probably whatever is there in the training set and <clears throat> it will it can give any kind of a result it will not be it you can compare this problem with uh, high bias and variance which you encounter in machine learning so in machine learning when there is too much of noise in the predictions you can say that there is it's a high variance model and if there is no variance at all that is the model predicting just the same same thing for every input then you say it is high bias so this is similar to that not exactly same but you can compare them both so you need to identify what it is that your model is suffering is it vanishing gradients or is it exploding gradients or are the gradients fine or is it something else that is going on is the model not replicating properly because you have induced some kind of randomness in the model so in deep learning models we do induce randomness on purpose like uh, there is a dropout layer that we introduce so what this dropout layer does is it uh, randomly switches off certain neurons while training so that it uh, not all the neurons learn equally on our entire training set so when a new data comes up the model will be well adjusted to receive some unseen data so this is a randomness that we introduce on purpose so when you whenever you add this kind of layers and if the model is not robust enough then you will again experience this kind of uh, robustness issues where the model on train data is working well but when you deploy it it is not working and also if you are looking at a different set of uh, problems like uh, the deep reinforcement models where you try to optimize an action instead of just predicting the trends and this kind of things so uh, deep reinforcement model has different issues that are slightly different from you know the deep learning models which we use for predicting trends and volatilities okay so now that i i would probably be able to improve on my models if we able to learn that soon but now that you just mentioned uh, about deep reinforcement learning i mean uh, 
in order to just understand it better if you could just explain it maybe with an example or maybe just elaborate elaborated for our audience and for me as well that would be great okay so a deep reinforcement model is similar to a reinforcement model in reinforcement as i explained earlier uh, it is all about learning the rules of the game right so given a particular environment in the game what is the best thing to do so it's a state and an action pair so a deep learning model or sorry a deep reinforcement model also does the same thing where it tries to learn the rules of the game but in this case the rules of the game are much more complex and the scope of different possible outcomes is huge so to give an example or slightly to under make you understand the difference between the both a uh, reinforcement model is where something you can uh, is something which you can use to learn traffic rules which are static right traffic rules don't change every day they, they are once made and they have been there for 50 years at least so to learn those kind of rules probably to teach an uh, automated driver like uh, uber has probably they are coming up with these things now so that still testing it so these require reinforcement learning so reinforcement learning models need lot of simulations again and the rule set is kind of finite not too high too huge it's a bit finite in the definition and again uh, the kind of outcome that you are expecting is also very finite but if you go into deep reinforcement model let us say uh, just take a random example let us say that you want to learn teach or rather build a model that can play the counter strike game in a counter strike game at a given point of time you have unlimited number of choices to make you can do anything you can use any weapon you can go in any direction you can talk to someone you can communicate with other players you can do a lot of things it's not like you know taking left turn or a right turn or just follow the signal there are not a few parameters that you need to look into you need to look into a huge number of parameters and not only that you need to analyze uh, what are other possibilities new possibilities which probably other players have never taken so to explain uh, to explore and exploit these are the two dilemmas which you face when you use a complex model so when you want to explore you may not be able to exploit at the same time so at what point of time should you decide or make the decision that i have done enough exploring now i will exploit whatever i have learned and make the most out of it so to get to that point you need to do a lot of simulation so let us say for the car training example car driving example i need to do some basic rule learning which i can do it without actually sending the car or taking it out and teaching the model how to drive it all i need to do is just create a simulation model simple one where you have an accident whenever you break the rule right that kind of an environment you need but if you want to teach the counter strike you need to have the screenshots or every 1 second 2 second 3 second screenshots what is happening in the game which need to be fed directly to the model and the model will analyze the screenshots and understand what the players are doing and what are the possible movements or actions it can take so it's a lot more complicated and <clears throat> when deep learning models are pitted against each other they have done fabulously they have landed a much faster rate so 
that is basic difference between deep learning deep reinforcement so to continue on that we can say how one could use deep reinforcement learning in trading so again in trading what are the state and action pairs that you can look at if you see a trader does three actions one is either he buys or sells or does nothing that is break even you just close all the positions and just sit tight so out of these three actions at any given point of time what can you do either buy or sell or sit tight but this can be done by a classifier modeler right so if you have a you know, simple deep learning classifier model then it can definitely learn the trend and you can use the trend to predict this one zero minus one scenario so but what are the actions that actually a trader does so if you see from that perspective a trader basically decides whether to place a limit order or a market order or a stop loss order or a take profit order these are the actions that you actually do by clicking the mouse right so these things you can optimize using the deep learning model so i mean sorry the deep reinforcement model so what uh, a deep reinforcement model uh, just to give you an idea how you can probably build a deep reinforcement model let us say that the market has huge volatility right so now you have a problem where the market is moving everywhere and you don't know whether you should use a limit order or market order so if you put a market order since the volatility is high you will be paying a huge slippage cost and similarly if you put a limit order right staying on the bid side you may not even get a free right the market can easily go away from it. if that happens then you lose out on the opportunity so you have to understand given the volatility scenario in the market what is the best possible action i can take so this can be optimized using a reinforcement model. So uh, it is very similar to the deep reinforcement reinforcement model which we have discussed earlier, but it's just very much tuned to the trading world. Okay, so let's say I'm a manual trader who uses stop loss to trade in so far i feel my money is safe and since we spoke a lot about deep learning how do you see uh, specifically deep learning affecting manual traders like me yeah so if you're a manual trader and you have been trading for some time or you want to trade for longer term then you're probably thinking that you're safe or you're going to be the long term safe your money is going to be safe because you know you have a certain edge like you can read the price action better than everyone else or you have a strategy that has a very good risk management or you have something which no one else has some kind of a software or something but eventually these gaps between traders and the inconsistencies in the market will be exploited very well but to largely completely removed from the market by the new models which are very advanced so the deep learning models which can optimize or which can predict the trend very well at the same time which can optimize what kind of an order to place and they analyze the tick data so what we are looking at in the whole if you took take the whole picture in, into perspective you can see deep learning models doing exactly what human traders do or even better they can read the price action 
they can place the orders they can optimize their uh, entry and exit points and they can manage their risk so ultimately you will be able to create new algorithms new models which are better at everything that humans do and they can do it 24 hours which should scare a manager because these models are definitely going to be better than humans and very soon that that's not much far further away we are going to see it very soon so uh, varun just to conclude this session and uh, for our users to take away what what should be their major take away from this session to be honest so in a sense i would say uh, my point was not to scare the manipulators but <laughs> my intention was to make them better prepared for what is about to come so that is what i wanted to emphasize that the financial or trading industry is going to the entire terrain is going to change very soon there will be a lot of competition and there will be different types of models which no human has ever thought of so deep learning models as i said they compete one against one another and learn something new which nobody has thought so if you have models like that working 24 by 7 trying to be better you probably trade what 6 hours a day at the best and you pick up a few trades how do you think we'll be competing with these machines in the long run the opportunities will start to dry up and you need to create more opportunities and to create more opportunities you need the help of other machines so to do that you need to learn how to create your own models to have the edge that you had in the past to continue that edge in the future you need to at least equalize the uh, level level the playing field completely so that you can complete compete on equal terms with already what is there in the market that was uh, very well explained varun uh, and thank you for taking out time to do this thank you garuna for having me over it was real pleasure talking to you thank you so much for the opportunity it was a pleasure talking with varun today and this marks the end of the first episode of algo trading concepts with quantinsty and to know more about algo trading log into quantinsty.com you can also follow us on twitter and facebook where we post a lot of exciting reads and information about the trading domain thank you everyone for listening in and stay tuned because more and more exciting episodes are coming in this is your host garima tandon signing off for now i'll see you in the next episode